It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain, and it is time for another Let's Ride podcast, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. It's not just any Monday, folks. It is a victory Monday. This is a weird one. This is a weird one for me based on the fact that the Steelers win. They beat the Cleveland Browns 28-14 on Sunday, week 18, regular season finale at Acroshore Stadium, and there is a lot to love about that performance about the second half of the season, but it's all for naught based on the fact the Steelers do not get into the playoffs after the New York Jets are unable to fulfill their part of the agreement, if you want to call it an agreement, and the Miami Dolphins punch their ticket to the playoffs and the Steelers' season is over. Before we go anywhere, before I talk about the news, the injury situation, all this stuff that I have to get through in the first half before we get to the winners and losers in the second half, I want to make something very clear about this show right now today. I am not going to, I'm trying, I'm trying my best not to go down the, this wrapping up the season, looking into the offseason. No, I want to devote this show to this game. I think it's natural that fans after a loss, especially when it is, well, they didn't lose, but they they lost in the fact they didn't make the playoffs. But I think it's natural for the, the season being over that everyone wants the summation. Everyone wants the look ahead. Everyone wants to know what's next. Folks, we are going to have a lot of time to do that. We're going to have a hell. We'll start on Wednesday. I don't care. On Tuesday, when I put out the tweet for the mailbag segment, I'm sure I'll get a ton of 
questions about the future, I will answer every single one of those. But until then, I wanted to devote this podcast to this game because really I do that every week in the Winners and Losers podcast. And I don't want to stray from that just because the Steelers aren't in the playoffs and because this was the last game of the season. I'm still going to be here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for you throughout the entire offseason. That's all the way up and through the Super Bowl, all the way up to the new league year starts, free agency, the NFL draft, and then we'll be kicking this thing off all over again this upcoming summer. So I'll be here the entire time in case you're a newest, uh, one of the new members of the Ride or Die crew. All right, with that out of the way, I want to start off with an injury update. So this was a big win, 9-8 and eight regular season record, and it was kind of, to me, was really, when I saw Pat Fryermuth laying on the ground, that was a gut punch. It was a gut punch for me. I'm sure it was a gut punch for a lot of those players. And typically you kind of get a feel for public relations teams, medical staff, where they'll say, okay, this guy's questionable to return with a, with a knee, knee injury or any injury, really. And so they put out the tweet, Pat Fryermuth is questionable to return. And then typically, you know, if they don't get any better in the second half, they've Pat Fryermuth has been ruled out. There's that transition from out of the game, questionable to return, and then ruled out. The serious injuries are the ones that all of a sudden, if there is no questionable return, that player has been ruled out immediately. And that's what happened with Pat Fryermuth. I'm not trying to speculate here, but that's not a good sign when it comes to this knee injury. We don't know at this point in time when his knee, you know, what the, the knee injury in and of itself, what it is, whether it's an ACL tear or the, the ligaments were fine. Like, we don't know. I will say this, but Gunnar Olszewski left with a knee injury as well, and Mike Tomlin said after the game that both of those injuries are going to need to be evaluated or they're being evaluated currently. I really hope for both of these players, and there's no, there was no guarantee that Gunnar Olszewski was going to be back next season, but the one thing you hate to see, and this is any NFL player at all, is the last few weeks of the season, or especially in the final week, they go down with a serious injury. It doesn't have to be a knee. could be anything. It could be something like a torn pec. Anything that's going to require surgery, that changes everything. And so instead of being able to rest, recover, and prepare yourself and your body and your mind for the next season, now you are going through surgery, rehabilitation, trying to get right, trying to get back to just some semblance of normalcy, and then you have to go out and try and play football. If he tore, if either of these guys tore their ACL and it needs to have reconstructive knee surgery, there is a great chance that they will not be ready for week one in 2023. There is a strong chance they will start the season on injured reserve and they won't be seen until maybe the second half of the season. Due to, you know, the the procedures and the, the surgery in and of itself getting more streamlined and better, maybe there's a chance that they're ready, but and that that's rushing back and you don't want to have a reoccurring knee injury. We don't know. You'll have players that go out there, they tear an ACL, they're back the next year and they look fine. Then you have players like Devin Bush who tear an ACL. Zach Banner is another great example. And they, they just never seem right again, man. This was a, that, that sucked. Watching Pat Fryermuth especially leave the field that sucked. And so there's your injury update. Those are the only two players that Tomlin mentioned other news. Casey did notice the Houston Texans, for some ungodly reason, they win the game on a Hail Mary pass, and the Chicago Bears look like they wanted nothing to do with winning a football game, 
And therefore, the Texans win, the Bears lose, the Bears now have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Well, if you've been paying attention this entire season, well, you know that means that now the Steelers have the number one pick in the second round. That's right, the Chase Claypool trade gets the Steelers the 32nd overall pick. In case you're not really glued into the NFL draft and all that stuff, you might be saying, well, wait a second, Jeff, 32nd pick, there's 32 teams, how would they have a first-round pick? Remember, that's not a first-round pick. Miami, due to the their nonsense with Sean Payton and all this stuff, and Brian Flores blew the whistle on all that, they had to forfeit a first-round draft pick. So that's why there's only 31 picks in this year's NFL draft. But the Steelers have the 32nd overall pick. Now, on top of that, finishing 9-8, and eight, not making the playoffs, the Steelers currently have the 18th pick in the NFL draft. So you can look at that any way you want. They're going to have pick 18 in round one. They're going to pick 32 in round two. This is exciting. Exciting for a team that a lot of people feel are only a few pieces away from being real viable contenders. They are going to have some really good draft capital to do so. Also, I hate to say this because I know so many fans just hate this thing in and of itself with almost all of their being, and that is that Mike Tomlin's non-losing streak continues. They finish 9-8 and eight on the season. That's right, since 2007. The, the, the guy's never had more losses than he has had wins. He's had three years where he's finished 8-8. Eight and eight. That's not longer an option, but he finishes 9-8. Nine and nine and eight. And I thought it was a great coaching season. I'm not celebrating mediocrity, but we'll talk about that as we go. I don't want to get too far into that, down that rabbit hole. And lastly, before we get to the crux of the first half here, I cannot believe it. I really can't believe it. My effing DraftKings Sportsbook Parlay hit. It took me 17 flipping games, but I finally had a DraftKings Sportsbook Parlay hit. That is right. I am so bad at this that it took me 18 weeks, 17 games to finally get one right. In case you forget, because Friday it feels like it's been a long time. Here was my DraftKings Sportsbook Parlay for this week. I said Cleveland points under 18.5. Obviously, they score 14. Check. Kenny Pickett passing yards, 175 or more. I believe he finished around 190. Check. Najee Harris rushing yards, 80 or more. He finished with, I think, 88 or something like that. Check. I did it, folks. I, I'm i so happy if you were one of the people that actually put money on this parlay. And if you didn't, I don't blame you <laughs> based on the fact that I'm just not that good at it. Uh, but still, I, it's, just, it's really funny because I, I didn't have – uh, for some reason, I didn't bet this myself. So the one time I don't bet my own parlay that actually hits, that's just very fitting for me. Okay, again, I want to focus on this game. Uh, I'm going to try my best. We're going to have an entire offseason to talk about the, the offseason, free agents, where they should go in, in terms of top team needs and all that. So I want to break this down offensively and defensively, what I thought about this game, and then we have a lot of winners, not a lot of losers coming up in the second half. So I, I want to start off. People might not realize this. Maybe you missed the first game. Maybe you didn't get to see the game. The Cleveland Browns started with the football. They're able to get a first down, and then they punt the ball away on their next series. Pittsburgh gets the ball, and they do what they've been doing for the entire second half of the season. They've been driving down the field and at least getting in field goal range in these long, methodical, time-consuming drives. 
we know you've probably seen the highlights on Twitter or on other social media platforms or on ESPN where Najee Harris on a first and goal looked like he got into the end zone. The Steelers didn't challenge it. And I think one of the reasons why they didn't challenge it is that they rushed to the line of scrimmage and tried a quarterback sneak on second down. Nonetheless, Kenny Pickett does not get in. Third down, they give it to Najee Harris. He tries to go up over the line, and he loses the football, and the Cleveland Browns recover. From that moment on, that game was weird. I was texting with my dad during the game, and he said, man, we just uh, the, the, it doesn't look crisp. Like the, the offense doesn't look good. I said, they haven't been the same since that fumble. The offense looked really good, and they ran the ball right down the Browns' throats on that entire opening drive. And then after that, it there were all these slow moments, these moments where nothing seemed to look in rhythm or in sync, and it honestly was just like a grind. And sometimes it was a screeching grind, not a good grind, a screeching grind. But unlike earlier in the season, since Kenny Pickett entered the lineup as the starter, when to Kenny Pickett, think back to those games where he was playing. Think back to, you know, the Sunday night game in Miami. Think back to other games where even in Cincinnati against Cincinnati at home coming after the bye week. There were these games, even in the wins, there were these games where the offense would just disappear and they would just be off. And who knows where they were? But ultimately, this team and this offense looks so different now that all of a sudden you kind of got a feeling that they're going to come through, and they did, and they did come through, and I think that was huge. You, we've seen this offense change dramatically throughout the course of the season, and one of the reasons that we've seen this dramatic improvement is that these young studs are coming through. And when I say young studs, I mean the offensive line has, is, it has played so well, and the continuity there, we'll talk about them in a second. But when you look at the skill position players, Najee Harris, Kenny Pickett, Let's just start with the rookies now. I'll take Najee out. Let's look at the rookies. Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, everyone hears about them. Jalen Warren, everyone hears about him too. But then you throw in these guys like, holy cow, Connor Hayward? Where's Connor Hayward coming from? You know, Pat Frymuth gets hurt, and Connor Hayward's the next man up. And the Steelers didn't miss a beat. I mean, it's incredible. It is incredible. And when you think about the, the, the rookies as a whole, you got Pickett, Pickens, Hayward, I thought DeMarvin Leal played a great game on the defensive side. And then you think about Mark Robinson being a potential, having tons of potential in the middle. He's still, he's still rough around the edges, trust me. Uh, but still, when I think about that, and then you go throw in, well, what about Calvin Austin III? Calvin Austin III, well, we have never seen him. What's he going to bring to the team? Man, these rookies, these young studs, and they're coming through. They're coming through in a big way. This is It's exciting. It is really exciting. It's been exciting to watch them develop this season, and it's really exciting, too, to see how they're helping the Steelers win football games. But lastly, on offense, that offensive line, like I mentioned, they did a great job. And I, I, I can't say enough. I go back, and when the Steelers decided to hire Pat Meyer, and that was kind of a delayed hire. They waited, waited, and we're talking about it on podcast, saying, like, well, when are they going to hire an offensive line coach? Like, what are they waiting for? They finally make the move, bring in Pat Meyer. I thought that that was a questionable hire at the time, but I lean on those that know more than I do. It's like Jeffrey Benedict, Dave Schofield, Kevin Smith. When Kevin Smith went to training camp and came back, I had him on the show, 
uh, for my Sunday conversations, which I guess will be starting up soon <laughs> again. Uh, but still, and he said, man, Pat Meyer is a tactician. He is a teacher. He is teaching these guys what to do. And it took some time. You think about the preseason. Oh, man, we were bashing him. Guys were whiffing, didn't know what they were doing. They adjusted. They got better. That was huge. This offensive line really played well in this game against Cleveland, only giving up one sack, only two quarterback hits. Yes, the sack was to Miles Garrett, but you know what? I mean, he, the guy is a freak of nature. I don't want to take that away from him, but still, man, the offense, they deserve a lot of credit. And the defense, they deserve a lot of credit in this game too. Yes, the tackling was an issue. We'll talk about that in winners and losers. But there are some times when the best defense is an offense that doesn't just really control the clock because, to be honest, the Steelers did not control the clock in this game. They were beat by the Browns in terms of time of possession, but that's a lot of based on what the game dictates in terms of the end of the game and all that stuff. But still, it's the fact that the Steelers got them a lead. They got them a two-score lead. So now, all of a sudden, when you're trailing by two scores, it's the second half that changes your approach. You can't just say, okay, we're going to give it to Nick Chubb. We're going to give it to Nick Chubb. We're going to give it to Kareem Hunt. And then we're going to give it to Nick Chubb again. You can't do that. You're not going to win. You're not going to win a game. You're not going to run your way back to a double to erasing a double digit deficit. So that was a huge boost for this defense. And they were also able to get the Browns into long third obvious passing situations. They were to pin their ears back. And they on they were on their way to seven sacks and ten quarterback hits. Great third down defense, especially early. Their third quarter, the third quarter, folks, in this game, the Steelers held the Browns to seven yards in the entire quarter. Seven yards. I mean, that's, inc- that's, that's outstanding. That's almost one of those things where you said seven yards. You might want to double-check that. I think you made a mistake. No, that happened. Crazy stuff. But the run defense played well. Even though the numbers might not indicate it, you look at the numbers like, oh, wow, the Steelers gave up like 140 Man, Deshaun Watson had 44 himself, and 21 of those was on one run. He's scrambling around. I mean, that guy is a is a threat. Don't get that. Don't get me wrong. Deshaun Watson is a threat to run the football, and the Steelers did not contain well. They didn't tackle well. But I thought the run defense played well. And then the pass defense coming up with two interceptions. They were huge, absolutely huge. So this win, in my opinion, was a great way to cap off the regular season. No it didn't end in the playoffs, but at two and six, did anyone really expect that to even be in the conversation? I know I didn't. I didn't expect them to be in the playoff conversation. Get out of here. And they were. It didn't work out the way that we all wanted, but I think we can all sit here right now on Monday, January 9th, and say that we have some high hopes for 2023. It's a two to three year rebuild. Steelers are in year one. They just wrapped up year one. Might be more two than three, if you know what I mean. But when we come back, we got to still talk more about this game. We have winners and losers. Got 10 winners and four losers coming right up. Stay tuned. Be right back. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Right, Steeler fans, it is the day after a game, which means it is time for the winners and losers. If you don't, if you ever checked out the article, you can check it out on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It runs the day after the game, typically around ten o'clock or so, morning Eastern time. We had ten winners and four losers after the twenty-eight to fourteen win over the Browns in Week eighteen. Let's get things started on the winners column. I mean, I love these, and the last four weeks have been phenomenal. Being able to talk about all these winners and not a lot of losers. It's great. So Najee Harris, he's the first winner. Stat line, 23 carries, 84 yards, a 3.7-yard average. He did have a touchdown, 11-yard long, one fumble, and he had one catch for 10 yards. Now, some might say that fumble alone would put him out of the winner's column, but not me. Najee Harris capped off a great second half of the season, and those yards, 84 yards, were grind-it-out-style yards. 3.7-yard average. You know what I say. I wanted above three and a half. That's th- above three and a half. It was good to see Najee Harris finish the season with over a thousand yards rushing again. Second season in a row, second year in a league. You can say what you want about a thousand yards. It's still a thousand yards. So Najee Harris, that guy looks like a beast. It looks like if he can continue with this offensive line, continue with this offensive scheme, he's going to have a lot of production for the black and gold for a long time. Najee Harris, good on you. Good job, good season, good game. That's why he's on the winner's list. George Pickens is the next winner. Three catches on six targets, 72 yards, 24-yard average, one touchdown, and a 31-yard long. Listen, I don't know what in the flying you-know-what these officials are looking at that the Pickens catch on the sidelines didn't even get reviewed. And I'm talking about it. It was a nullified catch. It would have put him over 100 yards. I'm not saying that he got his feet down. I think it was a catch. I think that his feet were down when he initially caught the ball, and then his feet might have come up, but it would have already been a catch, and he he held onto the ball all the way through the catch. The fact that these officials or someone upstairs didn't say, hey, we need to at least take a closer look at this. I'm fine with them saying it was ruled incomplete on the field because that's a tough – in live, real speed, that's a ridiculous call to have to make. But what I'm trying to say – is that how they don't even look at that play, I don't know. But George Pickens continues, continues to show that if you give him a chance, he's going to make more plays than he doesn't. 72 yards, three catches, a 24-yard average, and he had a touchdown. Great play. I think maybe his best play was actually a third down. I think it was third and 15 conversion in the fourth quarter. Uh, That might have been his best play, not even the touchdown. Next winner, and some might disagree with this, is Kenny Pickett. 13 for 29, 195 yards, 6.7-yard average. He had one touchdown, no interceptions. He was sacked once for six yards, 
and a 79.0 rating. Now, some might look at the rating and say, yeah, that's bad. Some might look at the completion and say, yeah, it's not very good. It's below 50. I get it. I understand all that. One of the things I wanted Kenny Pickett to check off for me was, you know, we've seen these games where the offense has just been anemic all the way through. And then in the last second, he has to kind of get it together. I wanted to see what happens. Can he turn it on sooner than that? You know, I don't want to have to wait until the last minute, the last drive, 250 left. You need a touchdown. I wanted to see him kind of like, okay, a rough start. They did have a rough start. Can you turn it around? And can you show something? And he did just that. 195 yards is, I think about some of these plays, like the Pickens catch, which could have been reviewed, maybe overturned. That would have boosted him well over 200. The Najee Harris screen, which actually looked beautiful, except Kevin Dotson goes downfield early. That was a 45-yard gain nullified. That, That could have changed a lot of this stuff in terms of statistics. But Kenny Pickett, what he did for me is he showed that early in the game, things were not going well. He was missing targets. He was not accurate with the football, and then he got it together. Earlier than in the fourth quarter, it was like late second quarter into the third, he started to find his groove, and he was finding his open receivers. That's what I wanted to see. Good job, Kenny Pickett. He's a winner. Next winner is is Connor Hayward. Three catches on four targets for 45 yards, a 15-yard average. He didn't score a touchdown, but at 27-yard long. I mentioned George Pickens' third down conversion. Connor Hayward's third down conversion was almost equally as important and equally as crucial. He was he was a guy I didn't see coming, not only since the draft. I, like, I didn't see this coming when they got him in the sixth round, and you're thinking, oh, I know a lot of people thought this. Oh, here we go, another brother connection. You know, we got the Watts, had the Edmonds at the time. Now we have these guys, and the Davis brothers were still on the team. No, it wasn't that. This He brings a different level of athleticism, and he is not just a, a – a, He's not just a genuine tight end. He is that H-back, and it's really unique to see him play. He's got really sticky hands. Thought he could have had a touchdown, to be honest. Wasn't an easy catch, but went through his hands. You've seen him make tougher tougher catches. But Connor Hayward, I mean, talk about ending the season on a high note for a rookie. Now, all of a sudden, the Steelers, when they're thinking about the tight end position, Zach Gentry is going to be a free agent at the end of this at now. He's going to be a free agent now. Now you're thinking, is Connor Hayward going to be able to fill that role? Well, he just had a heck of a game. He has a great connection with Kenny Pickett. Pickett has talked about how he and Connor Hayward rep a ton of stuff together. So honestly, that's why Connor Hayward is on the winner's list. The next winner is Alex Highsmith. Finishes with eight tackles, six of them solo, two and a half sacks, two tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, and he finishes the season with 14 and a half sacks. Alex Highsmith, what a coming out party for him in 2022. But really in this game, he was all over the place. TJ Watt was a game wrecker in a different way, and a lot of Alex Highsmith won a lot of his one-on-one matches. But folks, this is what we've always talked about. When you have TJ Watt on one side, you need Alex Highsmith to win on the other. That's what he did this season, and a lot of it was even without TJ Watt in the lineup. So Alex Highsmith, if he and if he and Watt can stay together for a long time, they will be unbelievably dynamic. So dynamic. Eight tackles, six solo, two and a half sacks, two tackles for loss, three quarterback hits. Alex Highsmith is a winner. The next winner is just the pass rush as a whole. I mentioned this already. Seven total sacks, 10 quarterback hits, and that doesn't even come close to describing how they had Deshaun Watson 
running for his life out there. And this guy couldn't get comfortable in the pocket at all. Whether it was up the middle, Larry Ogunjobi, Cam Hayward pressuring him outside. You had guys running him down, whether it was Spillane, Watt, Highsmith, Jameer Jones. Everyone was going after him. He couldn't get comfortable. Seven sacks, 10 quarterback hits. The pass rush was a big winner on Sunday. The next, the takeaways, the interceptions. The Steelers had two more interceptions. They gave them 20 on the season. Now, heading into the afternoon in the night game on in Week 18, 20 interceptions led the NFL. The ball-hawking Steelers secondary. This time it was KZ and uh, uh, Levi Wallace that got the interceptions. Two more picks for the Steelers, and they were timely. Uh, when I think about it, especially the KZ interception was really, really huge. It was The game was in the balance at that time. They turned that into three. The next interception, I believe, got turned into a touchdown. The points off of turnovers were a huge factor in this game, and that's why it is a winner. Next, the third down offense. They finish. You know my rule. If they're in the winner's list, you already know that they're above 500. That's my goal. Nine for 15. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't pretty, but they did what they've been doing all season long. They've been getting in manageable third downs, and they've been converting. But that wasn't always the case. I mentioned Connor Hayward's third down conversion was third and long. George Pickens' third down conversion, third and long. This offense, and this is why after the game, T.J. Watt was saying, man, I thought we were really starting to turn the corner, really starting to play good football. I get it. He's bemoaning the fact that they're not going to get a chance to be that hot team getting into the playoffs. Well, hopefully they can improve in their early season start next year and not have to hope on others. But the third down offense really improved down the stretch. They are a winner. Next winner, yeah, that's right, the Chicago Bears. I cannot believe, when you think about the fact, the stat line is the Steelers now have the 32nd pick. When you think about how in the every day, every year that's not, there's no forfeit, The uh, you think about how that's a first-round pick typically. If someone comes up to you and said, hey, the Chicago Bears are going to send a, a, the last first-round pick to the Steelers for Chase Claypool, would you make that deal? And I remember there's people People that asked me questions from my mailbag segment and said, hey, maybe we can get a second rounder or a third rounder for Chase Claypool in my mailbag. And some people have this tendency to, to try to answer the questions that people ask me, um, even though they're asking me and not everyone else. Nonetheless, they would rip them to shreds. There's no way, there's no way, there's no way. There's a way. And you just saw what that way was. Now, the only difference is that 32nd pick is a second round pick, so they're not going to have that fifth-year option. I understand all that, but still... That is incredible. Chase Claypool, from the moment he's been traded, hasn't won a football game. He hasn't won a football game. He is 2-15 and this season with teams that he has played for. And the the sad thing is, and I'm going to be honest, the sad thing is is that Chase Claypool is going to be viewed in a really weird way in Pittsburgh. They're going to love the fact that he left. They're going to love the pick that the Steelers are receiving. But... It's not Chase Claypool's fault. I mean, he was some might not have liked him and that maybe thought he was arrogant, whatever. It's not his fault. You know, I mean, the Steelers got the better of the deal. That is for sure, and that's why the Bears are on the winner's list. And the last winner, and maybe the most important winner, is the future. I know I said we're going to talk about it too much. I'm not going to talk about it too much, but the future is that the stat line is it's so bright, sometimes you got to wear shades. You know the old song, future's so bright, you got to wear shades. This future for this team, and, and again, I'm going to reference T.J. Watt's post-game press conference where he said 
that he thinks coming back next year, they have a really good mix of players that have experience. And a lot of that experience lies on the defense, but a lot of really good young players. That's what you need. That's what you need. So future so bright, got to wear shades. That's a winner. Let's go over those winners real quick again. Najee Harris, George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, Connor Hayward, Alex Highsmith, the pass rush, the takeaways, especially the interceptions, third down offense, the Chicago Bears, and the future. Okay, let's go over to the losers list. We have four. The first, the New York Jets. The stat line is Joe Flacco still sucks. At a time where the Miami Dolphins could do nothing, I mean nothing, the Jets couldn't even muster a touchdown, and it ended up dooming the Steelers' season. Call it crying over spilled milk. Call it the Steelers should have beat the Jets. They should have beat the Patriots. They should have beat the Dolphins. They should have beat the Ravens the first time. Whatever. I'm talking about this week. Flacco still sucks. Screw you, Joe Flacco. All right, next loser is tackling. There's too many missed tackles to count. I mean, you talk about Mark Robinson, Robert Spillane, they, TJ Watt. They all got in the mix. I'm not bashing on any one player. They all got in the mix. The tackling on this day, whether it was Nick Chubb, especially Deshaun Watson, was atrocious. Too many missed tackles to count. That's on the losers list. The next one, next, one, next loser, the stat line is it's officiating. Officiating is the loser. The stat line is there were a myriad of missed calls. Yeah, they missed the blatant face mask of Deshaun Watson by Larry Ogunjobi. That's a blatant missed call. So if I'm going to complain about officiating, I'm going to complain both ways. I'm going to complain about the Cam Hayward roughing the passer call. Deshaun Watson had been getting out of the Steelers' grasp the entire flipping game. So Cam wraps him up thinking, hey, he could get away from us because he's gotten away from us the entire game. I'm going to take him to the ground. But I guess he did it too hard. And they throw a roughing the passer call, and he gives him a new life, and they end up scoring a touchdown. Look, it's just bad. It's it's bad from the fact that they didn't uh they didn't challenge that George Pickens call. Bad. Everything just this was a horribly officiated game, in my opinion. So many bad calls. I'm not shocked. It looked like this crew was ready to just mail it in. Let's I need to go on vacation. Let's end this thing. That's what it felt like. That's why they're on the losers list. The last one. Turnovers. Or would be turnovers. The Najee Harris fumble, I talked about how that was a crucial moment in the football game, changed everything. But also, you know, you have Deontay Johnson, okay? Deontay Johnson, he is out there and catches a ball, fumbles it. Drop, fumble. They rule they didn't have possession, but that's a drop. And that that probably, go back even a few years, that's probably a fumble. And they would have lost it. Jalen Warren, they run the pitch play. And Kenny Pickett, if, if, if Jalen Warren would have missed it, it would have hit him in the face. You know, Catch the football, and the ball goes on the turf again. Thankfully, Kevin Dotson recovers. These would-be turnover plays, they are one thing that you just have to negate because in the NFL, winning is tough enough, and overcoming miss the really bad turnovers, that's that's really, really big. That's really, really bad. So if the Steelers are going to focus on some things, they're going to focus on a lot of things this offseason, but one of those things should definitely be and eliminating those turnovers or would-be turnovers. So let's go over those losers again. The New York Jets, because Joe Flacco still sucks. The tackling, the officiating, and then the turnovers. All right, folks, I can't believe it's over. I can't believe the 2022 season is a wrap, but it is. I want to remind all of you that I'm not going anywhere. If you love Monday, Wednesdays, and Friday mornings because the Let's Ride podcast gets your day off to the on the right foot, 
well, congratulations, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> if you're someone that says, I need to take a little time away, I will be here whenever you want to return, and so will everyone else at Behind the Steel Curtain. Remember, you can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe and follow so that you don't miss a thing. Also, if you want to watch some of our shows in the afternoon on YouTube, all you have to do is go to youtube.com, search BTSC Steelers Radio, and you'll get to see all of our PM shows there live simulcast. You can interact in the live chat's a lot of fun. Otherwise, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers news. Buckle up, folks. It's going to be a crazy offseason. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Got to start looking for some uh, Monday sun, Monday morning conversations, right? I got to start getting, getting you used to that again. It's my last Winners and Losers podcast for a long time. So hope you enjoyed this season. I know I did, especially the way that they finished. Be on the lookout for that tweet on Tuesday for the mailbag segment. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week, great start to your week. I'll see you on Wednesday. Go Steelers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.